things like retirement goals. Mm. Um, in fact, that probably comes a bit later, but that's something you can slip in even before. You could talk about business goals. You could mm. talk about goals about having children because believe it or not, some people don't even want children. Mm. Some people want 10 children. Mm. What are the implications of those decisions? What are the financial implications of those decisions? So it's about having... Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'm in agreement with that, man. If it's your first car somewhere, so a car to get you from A to B to just get confident in as well and build on um, as well. So no, I love that, Jax. Um, okay, so this scenario we've touched on sort of was the young adult and single. Let's stay with the the, the young um, adult, but we're normally focusing on just one person now. We're focusing um, on two people, so a young couple. So um, a young adult's found a lovely um, person uh, that they've got into a relationship with. They've got no children, though. So this is a young couple with no children. However, at the beginning, we mentioned, you know, this now means your personal finance is no more personal. So let's start talking about how a young couple with no children can start to navigate through things yeah yeah and, so, and by the way um we when we say young couple we mean like a young married couple or are we just keeping it general um in my very humble opinion uh to say young married couple love it yeah and um, and do you want to say why particularly around personal finances well because when you're married uh personal finances are done differently according mm. to the law mm. so so it's very important now we can you know, speak about young couples that are not married yet. Mm. Um, and I will keep that very brief. Mm. Um, my answer to that is have conversations, have real conversations mm. about money with the person you're dating. Mm. Um, so so maybe we can tackle that first, Peter. Let's talk about the young couple that are dating. Yeah. Um, and then we can move on to the young couple that are married. Mm. So a young couple that are dating, um, I believe dating is collecting data. You set the right boundaries um, and you do not behave as if you're married yet. Mm. Um, so, so in that journey or in that process, it's extremely important to have some important conversations about money. Hmm. Now, I know money is not the most exciting topic. <laughs> some people hate it. Some people love it. Um, but you want to talk about things like attitudes towards risk. You want to talk about debt you know, at some point in your dating stage, especially when you're getting closer to um, the marriage or, or, the, or, the, or the kind of proposals. You want to talk about how much debt each person has. For example, you want to make that transparent as soon as you can. Hmm. You want to talk about life goals, such as uh, things like retirement goals. Mm. Um, in fact, that probably comes a bit later, but that's something you can slip in even before. You could talk about business goals. You could mm. talk about goals about having children. Because believe it or not, some people don't even want children. Mm. Some people want 10 children. Mm. What are the implications of those decisions? What are the financial implications of those decisions? So it's about having free conversation about money with no stress, with no, <laughs> you know, without no, um, there's a word I'm looking for, but I can't find it. Without that intensity that, oh my God, now we are married already, it's actually yeah. easier um, to have these conversations earlier so you know where each other stands. Now, I'm not yeah. saying someone's financial decisions, decisions in the past or someone's financial situation should be 
a determinant for whether you're going to marry them or not. Mm. Um, it can obviously highlight some things to you, mm. but the key thing is transparency. That's mm. why I would say transparency is very important in this stage. You want to have conversations about whether you want to own a home, whether someone owns a home already, credit scores. Uh, there's a whole wide range of conversations you need to have, but at, at this stage, what you really want to know is where someone stands and mm. where, some, where someone wants to go in the future. And, and, and I think that's the important thing that you said. It's about where one's... You know, one stands. Yes, someone could be in, I don't know, a significant amount of debt debt or so, but that transparency bit and them understanding where they, they are, but most importantly, where they want to go. So um, this one thing saying, I'm in £30,000 debt and I'm just chilled with it, you know, and I might even take out more debt and continue being in That's one thing to say, I'm in £30,000 debt this is where I am. And then, you know, being clear that you, you have a plan to tackle that debt down essentially. Yeah. I, I, I'll i be brutally honest. If I was dating my wife and she told me she had 30,000. That, that, that was an exact, well, no, yeah. I'm not going to say that was an exaggeration because that's a live thing. We all know everyone yeah. has different levels, but go and say what you're yeah, going to yeah. say. I mean, if she told me she had 30,000 pounds in, in, in consumer debt, yeah. um, I would have been like, oh, okay. But if she told me that she's comfortable with it, I might, I might have said, okay, I did this thing. <laughs> She does. She, she wouldn't even know. She's just signing away from you. Yeah, yeah. So, You're so like... planning your exit. <laughs> because look, at the end of the day, um, we have to be brutally honest, and we know that money is. I think in 2018, it was a number one reason why marriages fell. Mm. I just fell mainly because of money issues, mm. right? not having enough different ideas, financial abuse, these kind of things. So money is an extremely important conversation to be had even before you're married. Um, how early do some conversations have? It's a bit subjective. Mm. Um, some people say maybe on a first date. Some people mm-hmm. say wait until you're about to propose. That's a bit more subjective. But mm. by the time the ring is on the fingers, you need to know where each other stand and where yeah. you want to go. And and I like that because the early when you start those conversations in advance of being in marriage, you're not you, you're not gonna be in too much of a shock when certain things happen. And and people have different ideas, and ideas change and evolve over time. But the more you're communicating about it, you sort of minimize the risk of having that sort of financial shock. So I might want to study, I don't know, study something, a big course in, in the next few years, which is great, but these things are not free and it's going to impact the both of you when you're married. Someone might want to buy land in France one day, um, but you want to buy land um, wherever you live, um, whether it's in the UK, US, wherever first, but that's going to impact you both. So how do you go about that? So the earlier you start these relaxed conversations, they stay relaxed. Um, yes. The better it is when you actually start, when you're married, you'll continue them in marriage, but as I said, shocks, man. It's it's important, man. Yeah. Communication is key. Yeah, and I feel like I'm plugging myself a lot today, but I've started to do a lot of pre-marital and post-marital financial counselling. Come on, come on, come planning. On. You, I find you, it... you did plug plug yourself probably, but uh, maybe say a bit uh, clearer in terms of how people can actually get in touch with you. For people that don't know, Jack's offers um, financial coaching outside of work finance. Yeah, yeah. So, so outside of work finance, I provide financial coaching and investment guidance and investment coaching to the everyday person and the young families and so on and so forth. Um, it's called Jack's Financial. That's J A X Financial. You can find me on Instagram, Jack's Financial underscore UK. 
you can over, head over to my website, www.jazzfinancial.co.uk. Um, but essentially, what I'm really focused on relative to what we're just speaking on is premarital and postmarital financial counseling and financial mm. coaching and financial planning, which is, you know, under, helping the everyday person understand what kind of conversations they need to be having before they get married, mm. right? Before the ring gets on the finger. And actually, soon after you get married, um, when they come back from the honeymoon, I like to have a, a financial planning uh, session with them as well, where we look at how things are going to look for the next two years to mm. five years, for example. And, you know, discussing things such as, you know, retirement planning, planning and, and children and that kind of stuff. So that's what I like to focus on. And that's what I do outside of all finance as well. If someone's interested, they can hit me up. OK, so so, yeah, I, I'll tell you something that even um, has cropped up in some of my sessions is um peter we're, we're from um african backgrounds mm. and we know that like, our parents generation a lot of them did something called what they, they basically sent money home mm. that's actually creeped up a lot in some of my sessions you know where um, one you know one person in their family knows that there's an expectation that they will need to support a family member mm. by sending some money back home, for example, or sending mm. money, even if they're the hair, mm. you know, and that that has that conversation has to be had. Mm. Right? Um, if your 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 parent is going to require you to send a couple hundred pounds every single month, remember when you're married, it's no longer just his money and her money, mm. our money. Right? Even no matter how you decide to manage your personal finances, and there are ways to manage. The, the, you know the, the, the money that you both earn etc some people like to do it different ways but ultimately just it's still our money okay mm. and so that needs to be discussed and it's, it's rare for some people to remember that and it only creeps up once you're married and then all of a sudden some you can see some uh, minus figures going out if you join account <laughs> <laughs> you're wondering oh, what is this <laughs> Especially when it's kind of broad. Is that when it's kind of broad to an account? Uh, what's it called? Western Union. Uh, um, and 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 so yeah, there's a lot of conversations to be had. And and as as you've just said, Peter, it's so much easier to have these conversations early on in a relaxed environment mm. where it's not so intense. Hmm. Um, and as you said, you can continue these conversations in a, in a bit more clarity as time goes on, pre-marital and post-marital. Love it, love it, love it. I mean, let, let's stay on this um scenario. May, maybe perhaps when when someone is is, is married as well, because as we said, the conversations and hopefully the conversations it also encourages people to do implement a few and 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 exercise certain good behaviors because I think marriage is obviously quite a big thing. It can almost force someone to go, grow up further than they was basically. <laughs> um, yeah. But w- when someone has moved into that marriage stages um, as well, and I mean, you touched on some of the things, but what are some of the things that people can really be focusing on? And and again, this is obviously before children. Yeah, yeah. So, so now you're a young couple. Let's say you have married, um, or your your, um, you have a partner according to the law. Um, the key thing is to remember that you're now moving completely away from independence, from total independence, to interdependence. Mm. Keywords: You're no longer independent, and you're moving to interdependence. Mm. The reason why I'm specifying interdependence because I think we are in a generation that absolutely loves independence. Mm. Um, I think we're in a generation that even when people are married, they still want to be independent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, 
I don't know where 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 I heard this. It might have been Dave Ramsey. Um, he mentioned a lot of people are going into marriage nowadays as 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 uh, joint ventures, almost like yeah. it's a business. Mm. Um, there's no unity, and 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 for me as well, that's I see why a lot of marriages are failing. Because mm. if you're going into something as a joint venture, what happens when the venture is not venturing? Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. there has to be more unity. So. I think if anyone's listening and they're planning on getting married, I think you should write this down. You're going mm. to move away from independence and get to interdependence where your mm. decisions affect someone else. Mm. You, know, you cannot make decisions alone. Um, you're going to have to have this discussions and conversations uh, before you make certain decisions. It doesn't mean you have no level of independence. Mm. You know, you do have your independence. You can have level level of independence. But you have to be very aware that almost every decision you make is going to affect someone else. Hmm. So that's the starting point. And what are the things that we need to think about? Apart from just understanding that there are financial implications of your actions, some of the more technical things that you want to think about is things like insurance. Hmm. Now, insurance is not the sexiest topic for most people. Hmm. Um, It's one of those things that people don't, pay attention to when it comes to finance and people love talking about investing and that and business and that kind of stuff. Insurance is one of those ones that fall by the wayside, right? Hmm. No, no, not many people love paying insurance, right? Because it's one of those things that you definitely lose money until you need it. <laughs> you, you, you lose money until you need it. It's just one of those things. That's and it. So, <laughs> and so um, what I would encourage you to do is to definitely consider things like life insurance mm. and, and income protection insurance. So what are these two things? Um, and what type of life insurance? So there are mainly two types that I think people, especially young married couples or anyone that's married um, with children especially, is you want to protect yourself from two things. You want to protect yourself from one, the complete loss of income in the family, which is if you pass away. Right, income completely goes, stops if one person passes away, or two, the inability to earn an income for a period of time. Okay, that's where income protection comes in. So life insurance protects you if one person passes away, if one person loses their life. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine the the main person or the person who's the main breadwinner, mm-hmm. the person who brings in the majority of the income to the household, could be the person that even pays the mortgage, for example. That person passes away. Can the other partner survive? Can the other partner pay the bills and pay the mortgage and still be comfortable? Mm. Chances are probably not. Mm. They're so used to two incomes. Now, the way life insurance works, especially the ones for mortgages, mortgage payment insurance, or sorry, mortgage protection insurance, um, which is a type of, 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 of life insurance, is if one person passes away, the other person gets paid um, in order to pay off the mortgage. Very short, very simple. One person passes away, then the mortgage is paid off. So that person doesn't have to stress on top of all these things, on top of the funeral costs, on top of all these other things, they can have the mortgage paid off, right? Now, this type of insurance is a type of term insurance. And term insurance, the clue is in its name, is insurance for a specific period of time, for a term. So you can take out a term insurance for, let's say, 30 years, which means in those 30 years, if you pass away, then it will pay out. And if you don't pass away, it doesn't pay out. Pretty simple, right? 
ideally you you hope it doesn't pay out <laughs> yeah, hopefully you, you outlive absolutely uh, but it's insurance and that's what we call it protection mm. okay hopefully you don't need it but trust me there are many circumstances where the the having life insurance has saved many many people's lives mm. um and so families and families and family. So there's mortgage pay, uh, mortgage protection insurance. I think is very important that will pay off the mortgage, and there's just standard term insurance, which will pay out as soon as one person passes away. As soon as that person who is the person, it's called this, it's called the um, forgot the actual term, but the person who has the insurance, who they're insured, that person, um, if that person passes away in the term, then obviously there's a payout. So mm-hmm. I would encourage you because of this interpersonal interdependence um of finances that young couples should both have life insurance so that hmm. if one person passes away the other person is looked after and can pay off mortgages and can, and can look after themselves and that kind of stuff for example hmm. I, i'm all, almost 100 certain that there was a young married couple listening to this right now and they might not have insurance and they're probably looking at each other thinking awkward but hopefully it's encouraged oh, that <laughs> hopefully if that is you it's encouraged you to actually um have that conversation man because yeah. no insurance is so important man we gotta protect ourselves against particular things and we've mentioned it a couple of times but on as much as we don't like to talk about or even thinking about it um death is inevitable yeah and, and, and I think the key thing is to understand that this is about protection. Mm. Uh, it is about protection. It is about love. It's about mm. protecting the people that you love should the worst things happen, which mm. is death. So life insurance protects you if, if you die. And then there's income protection insurance because apart from mm. dying, one of the things that can happen is you can get really ill mm. and you may not be able to work for a period of time. Mm. Okay. So that's where income protection insurance comes in, hmm. where it will pay you a proportion of your income for a period of time until you can get back on your feet and work mm. so that there's not that loss of income that can cause issues. Mm. Okay, so so those are the things I want people to consider. Um, hmm. My opinion, Peter, is that everybody in a couple, particularly if you've got things like a mortgage, should have life insurance. Mm. Um, I would also say... That if you have a mortgage, you should definitely have life insurance for a mortgage. That's mm. that's 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 that goes without saying. It's almost criminal to not have it. Mm. Um, and I would say income protection is one of those ones where it's a bit more subjective. And the mm. reason why I say that is because majority of people also have other things such as mm. um, statutory sick pay. Mm. So you get a proportion of your income paid to you if you are sick by your employer. Um, and then there are things like death in service. Mm. So if you are employed chances are the company you're working for will also pay out if, if something happened to you. So it's important to be aware of these things. And actually mm. that goes on to my second point. As a young couple, whose finances are no longer, you know, independent, but rather interdependent, you need to plan together. Mm. You have to plan together. Um, you have to sit down and understand that personal finance is no longer personal Mm. and your decisions affect each other and you have to be transparent and plan things for the future plan things together what do you want to do in the next few years like you said peter someone might want to study 
uh, someone might want to um, buy a property. Mm. Uh, when do you want to have kids? Because those are financial decisions. <laughs> um, you know, think, when do you want to retire? That's really important. Right? I, I don't know about you, Peter, but I want to be in a position to retire by the time I'm 45. Mm. I don't want to wait till I'm 65. Mm. Could, have be, could be that my partner want, doesn't mind doing what she wants to do until she's 100. Mm. And, and if you do want to retire at that young age, guess what? It's going to involve a sacrifice from the both of you. Exactly. Exactly. Now you are the person that's going to be at home annoying her. <laughs> uh, or there's going to be a significant loss of income mm. that's going to affect her family. So so there has to be some real conversations. And um, they don't have to be so intense. <laughs> mm. You know, you can have it over dinner. You can, you know, open a bottle of wine or something and then just have a light conversation. But at some point, and I'm big on people doing financial reviews at least every six months. Mm. You want to sit down with pen and paper uh, or an Excel spreadsheet and really put things down on paper because mm. finance can be simple, but it can be very complicated as well. Mm. And, and you know, we always talk about when it comes to finance, a lot of it is about, um, you know, 8% behavior and then, you know, 20% finance. And I think the reason why the behavior bit is important is because not everyone really prioritize finance like that which i mean each for their own and stuff like that um or a lot of people can easily bury their head in the sand um and it's very important that it's about really understanding our behaviors to finance because at the end of the day the, we we may not have a relationship with finance but we want to do things that are going to take up money in the future yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there's a contradiction there so it's very important that you know we really get used to yeah, just exercising some of those behaviors and understanding its importance um, and that it's in implications in our in our future as well. Yeah, yeah. It's important. And and uh, you know, I think I think we're gonna have a, a, a an episode on, yes. on purely relationships and and money. Not, not um, just an episode, bro. It'll be a live debate, man. We we're gonna do another <laughs> one for our listeners. If you remember, we had our first live debate on well, not the de- live uh, uh, podcast. Um, which was a debate on stocks versus um, property. But we're going to have another live session um, around um, marriage and money. So, Jax, hopefully you're looking forward to that. Oh, I am. I am. I'm sure my wife is looking forward to it as well. Um, We'll have some special guests, so it'll be very interesting. Come on. But yeah, you know, there's so much we have to learn about about our partners as well, right? Because everybody's attitude towards money could be different. Mm. Um, You know, um, like I said, for example, myself, um, debt may give me anxiety mm. for someone else uh, it could be that debt they're very much comfortable with it mm. okay and so if you're someone who is married to someone who feels anxious when they're they're, they're exposed to debt mm. and you are consistently bringing debt to the table actually that's seen as financial abuse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you have to be very careful also you need to understand what your your partner is your husband or your wife one could be a natural saver, mm. one could be a natural spender. Mm. There's nothing wrong with either one of these people, right? Mm. A natural saver is not better than a natural spender, right? But it could be you could be at different health levels. It could be someone who's a natural saver, but it's a very unhealthy saver, pinches mm. the pennies. Mm. Or someone who's a natural spender and is very unhealthy and spends everything that comes in. Mm. So you have to plug myself get some financial coaching or you have to have the real conversations, you know, have these real conversations and understand the key thing we're saying here is you have to understand that you're no longer independent. 
and your financial decisions and just in general your life decisions will have an impact on the partner that you're with love it love it love it no absolutely man um absolutely i love that and i'm really looking forward to that episode where we take a bit more of a deep dive into this as well because this is so much questions lots of learning a lot of this is really not about wrong or right it's about really actually just communication and understanding each other's behaviors and seeing how you can you know complement on some of your strengths and uh, I guess tackle some weaknesses because we all have weaknesses when it comes to personal finance as well so um hopefully as we said man um you know people can get to a point where it's exciting to do things like financial reviews and if not exciting just understanding the importance and actually doing it um as well so no that's that's really useful man yeah 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 um and so that that was talking about you know a, a young couple potentially um, new to marriage, uh, they don't really have children yet. But mm. what happens? What happens when you move away from just being um, a young couple to actually a young family? Mm. Now there's an addition. Congrats in advance oh. <laughs> <laughs> to all <laughs> of the young families there. <laughs> yeah. So so um, 